Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. I have been waiting anxiously for this to start because I am so excited about our guest today. As usual, we have just fabulous people and and Mary is just wonderful. You know, I created Second Wind for women (laughs) because women go through transition all the time. And that's when we need support. We need ideas. We need uh, the thought that there is a better tomorrow and that this is just a passage. So whether your transition is loss of a job, perhaps it's loss of a marriage, through divorce, or your spouse died. Perhaps it is loss of a child. There are so many heavy things that we go through in our life. And that's why when I went through my transition, I felt such a need for a contact, a base, a program, something that I could hold on to to help me through the transition. That's how it came about. I have started many a a transition support for the people around me. And I hope that you find support in being here today. My guest today, we met in a very interesting conference at Harvard Faculty Club in in the Boston area. Um, Mary Beale Adler is a bagel baker, an entrepreneur, a creativity coach, mother, wife, and seeker of truth. Mary owns Georgetown Bagelry, a retail and wholesale bakery in the upscale Bethesda suburb of Washington, D.C. Prior to running her businesses, she has two Mary earned her B.A. in English literature from the University of Maryland and co- uh, in College Park and attended Antioch Law School for two years. She enjoys cycling, practicing yoga, walking, meditating, reading, playing piano, and sharing inspiring ideas through social media a former gymnast and elite coach with expertise in choreography. Mary also teaches meditative spinning. That's new. I've not heard of that, Mary. (laughs) Mary loves her husband, Jonathan, and the children of their blended marriage. Welcome. I'm so excited you're here. (laughs) Thank you so much, Joy. You are a pleasure. 
I'm just and and what do you do in your spare time, Mary? I lay I, I lay around and watch TV. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I, I do uh, think nothing, do nothing. <laughs> well, with all of these different hats that you've worn during your life, uh, it was interesting to me how you made your passage through a very sad time in your life. And I've, I always ask my guests if they'll be so kind as to share that transition so we can kind of get a base for maybe how you yeah. came through it. Well, thanks, yeah. Joyce. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, the real turning point for me was... Uh, uh, about ten years ago, twelve. I, it was a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I still, I still have a, 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 a ball in my throat and a lump in my stomach when I talk about it. Um, it just brings uh, anger and and fear and things that I didn't realize until actually recently that I, I managed so well at the time that I sort of wrapped uh, resentment around it. So many of those feelings I had and I was just getting through to um, support my children and turn the business around and things like that have, have surfaced much, much later. And mm-hmm. I just want to put this up front because I, mm-hmm. I am so grateful to notice that I've done that and um, to be consciously aware of myself uh, emotionally because right. I, I just feel like that brings me more to know truly who I am and how to fulfill my, my own magnificence. And it's taken me a long yeah. time to kind of get there. So, well, you bring uh, up a my- good point uh, when you say sometimes during the, the major sadness, the transition period, actually, which transition goes on for a long time. I still am in yeah. transition. But yeah. we do. We we sort of pull ourselves up together. Some people, different people react differently. But you did right. what we, um, several of us will do, is we attend to the children and around us and sometimes don't go into the pain that we're experiencing because we'd simply fall apart maybe. You know exactly, exactly, and I, I, I thought that I had like vented and broke the. You know, I had. Um, well, let me tell you what happened. Um, the the real turning point for me is I, uh, my ex husband actually started the bagel business. We worked together. I I left my third year of law school to help him out, and it was tragic thing after tragic thing with the business. And it didn't take me long to realize that he had really poor business sense. But very, um, you know, there were, he was just very, uh, you know, everybody loved, uh, loved him for his very, uh, I can't think of the word right off, but he had Charismic. a whole second. Charismatic. Right. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> I read you. I've been, like you know that well, Joyce. I've been reading um, your book. So, yeah, yeah, but we'll talk about that. But go ahead with your... Yeah, so he had a whole second life going on that I had inklings of but could never verify. And so uh, things would get heated when I questioned how how the business was run and it would get 
violent. And to keep peace in the family, I just focused on the children, running the household, learning as much as I possibly could, thinking, God forbid, anything ever happened to him, I'd need to to know how to make bagels, or I would have to move back home. Michigan is my home. Mm -hmm. And with the kids and start from scratch. So I learned the business. I learned from the bottom up. I I actually learned how to make bagels really well. Did you like to cook? Pardon? I mean, did you like to cook? I mean, was that, or did you, did you like eating in the kitchen? Not particularly. I loved, I I loved bagels from the time I was a little girl. Yeah. Uh, My, my sister-in-law, my sister married uh, a Jewish fellow and her father, my her father-in-law would go down to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and get bagels. Uh-huh. So that was like the big treat. I never, had never seen them before in northern Michigan. So wherever I traveled around the states or the world, I, I would look for bagels. And and uh, that's actually how I met my ex-husband was just after he had opened the bagel shop. Yeah. Um, because I was hunting out bagels. And I uh, – well, I – Here's another really great story. I should tell you how I got my MBA. So, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, so I was, uh, before law school, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. I was an English lit major at the University of Maryland, and they were advertising for liberal arts students in their MBA program. So I went in. I thought, oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. So I went into there and took the MCAT, thinking how smart I was, right? Mm-hmm. Scored negative. Literally, you could have guessed and scored higher than I scored on that test. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> I, I cried. I'm not going to be in business. But I was always making a buck. You know, I was uh, paying. Yeah, I was exercise classes in the park, cut, cutting hair. But then I thought, well, half of my fr- I was a little bit older when I went to law school, and half of my friends were already lawyers because they uh, went, like, straight through everything. Right. So I, I applied late and I went to Antioch and while I was there, when I I started selling bagels from the bagel shop where I was working in the summer in Georgetown waiting for late admittance in law school. And uh, so I bought bagels wholesale and I sold uh, bagels and Sam I was making two hundred dollars a day at least. Oh my and gosh. A hundred dollars an hour in law school and a couple of my professors said well, one in particular, my torts professor said, Mary, you're never going to be a lawyer. You're going to be in business. You're going to make more money than anybody else there. I looked at him and said, no, I'm not. I scored a negative on the MCAT. <laughs> Years later, after I'd written my book, that professor, who, who was a regular customer in my bagel shop, he taught, yeah. he taught torts at all the different law schools around D.C., um, very renowned, and he picked up my book, and he went to his cabin in the woods, in the, uh, Shenandoah, and read it, and sent me the nicest letter saying, whoa, he didn't know that about me, and, and uh, it was just it, it was just sort of ironic, because right. he sort of foresaw uh, uh-huh. where, I, where I would end up, and uh, after uh, I divorced, I remarried, my last name is Adler now, Mm-hmm. Uh, my initials are MBA. So <laughs> I'm just here to say that uh, God gives you sometimes yeah. uh, not necessarily what you're looking for. So, <laughs> but that, look that at all those. Little, but Mary, look at all those places. messages you had. And we just oh, didn't yeah. listen. Sure we just, yeah. 
We can love the messages. Well, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, Mary is going to tell us more of her story of transition and the entrepreneur that she is and how she continues to build her successes, not only in life, but in business. So we will be back shortly. And um, Mary will share more of her, what I call genius with us. So I look forward to that, Mary. Sure, sure. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. It is a fact that Americans are spending several hours every day looking at their smartphones, iPads, computers, etc. Because of that, neck pain, back pain, and posture problems are prevalent. Tech neck is a common ailment with young and old people alike. Being mindful of your posture when you're using your electronic device is imperative. But exercise is also a big asset to prevent posture problems. Stretching and yoga can remedy many aches and pains in your back and neck. Stretching, lengthening, and reaching all counterbalance slouching over your computer or smartphone. Strength training is very important to keep the muscles in the shoulders, back, and chest strong, tight, and in the right position. Use exercise to keep your posture in alignment and technic non-existent. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Mary Beale Adler, and she is a bagel baker, an entrepreneur, a creative coach, a mother, a wife, and a seeker of truth. And we have just been talking about her entrepreneurial spirit when she was selling bagels and she was in law school, which is, I just think that's funny, Mary, that you were always looking for something to produce money and and admirable. Um, so when you talk about creativity, coach, what could you describe exactly what that is? There are different areas of, of uh, being a creativity coach. For me, I um, became certified because I love uh, I love working with artists, musicians, 
um, actors, creative yeah. people. That's yeah. that's my passion, and that's kind of that's how I am. Um, the interesting thing for me was once I um, went through the process and did all the work for for certification. That that was my long term. I had time while I was growing the business to work on that, and my plan was. 15 years, 20 years down the road, when my husband and I were traveling around the world doing our thing, that I could still make a difference in people's lives and coach from a distance. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the plan for that. But what I, what I found uh, when I would speak at different local things like the Chamber of Commerce or the high school, wherever, and I see a lot of people in the bagel shop, um, I would do my little pitch about bagels and Georgetown bagelry. At the end, I'd always throw in, and I'm a creativity coach. I, I love to work with <laughs> artists, writers, musicians, et cetera. Right. And it would never fail that somebody would approach me and ask me to coach them. Uh, mm. I imagine coaching groups, and you know, I, I'm thinking like a business person streamlining things and making it as productive as possible. But yes. I, from my own experience, I, I didn't did not ask for help uh, a lot of times when. I wish I would have. Yeah. And I, so it's difficult for me to ask for help. It still is. And if somebody mm-hmm. asks me for help, I don't say no. Right. I mean, there'd have, so what uh, showed up for me were men uh, wanting to transition from being the breadwinner and running a business and the different pressures that that brought them and their life experience to something more creative like um, poetry, uh, writing, mm. cycling, things mm-hmm. like that. So I would help, you know, give direction to for them to fulfill their creative edge. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's, it panned that's out differently than I it, it panned out differently than I expected. Yeah. I really don't um, go after clients right now because I, I have my hands full with with the business but oh man I love I, I really love mm-hmm. working with mm-hmm. uh, well you know um, it's so I think it's unusual to in, in my opinion from where I am living in the south to have a woman that is a, a bake bagelry owner um, <laughs> It's, you it's know, bakery, yes, bakery, no. But we're not as, our bagels are not as common in the South. We are as as we, as we the world grows. And, but it's not like, our bagels don't seem to be like the bagels in New York. And I can't wait. My mouth just salivates thinking of your bagel, <laughs> what it may taste like. And when I went yeah. to your website, what was so funny is that I saw that you, you could order them. I immediately went there, but I have to pick them up in the in the store. So <laughs> we it's going to be difficult. They don't use preservatives, right? No yeah. preservatives, so they have to be overnighted, and it's and it's very expensive. So, but I think you know part of the reason you don't have as many bagels in that part of the country is the flour is different. Mm. And actually, yeah, the flour I use comes from the north, the mid, the, the north. Uh, where does it come from? North Dakota, up further north. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, and we learn from people on the East Coast. So it's not really a West Coast Midwestern type. I mean, there are bagel shops all all over the place, but they're they're not 
the recipe I use. Even in New York, the recipes are not, they've, they've compromised a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think that happens with big business and then when folks uh, uh, spread themselves too thin and change the recipe to cut costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, not, I... In reading the the uh, some of your blog posts, which you have on your website, you have a big fan that uh, you wrote about. Ivana Trump loves your bagels. Oh, Ivanka! Yeah, I think she was a student at um, Georgetown at one point, or she had friends at Georgetown. Maybe she went uh-huh. to graduate school there. But it's kind of our. I sold that store nine, ten years ago, M Street in Georgetown, and I to make and my second location was in Bethesda, and right now that's the only only location I have. Yes. So, so you know, some folks if they haven't been in town, they come in looking for it, but they usually find us out, find us at five miles away. Um, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the who's who and the what's what. Every Sunday morning, we had all kinds of famous, you know, uh, people. Running in in their sweats, uh, <laughs> talking bagel, trying to get into politics. Oh yeah, I've got oh, some yeah. great stories. But have fun. Well, we, even now, out, out in Bethesda, we have uh, quite a few television news anchors that come in. Um, yeah, without naming names. Right. <laughs> I can yeah. tell you what they eat. <laughs> the list could go on and on. Yeah, yeah. I want. I have to ask this. This is kind of funny, but. Uh, uh, Maybe there's no. Can you tell who's going to order what? Yeah, can you? absolutely. Well, well, regular customers. It's it's really we are such creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of think of yourself. I mean, I think of myself, and I, I you know I like to uh, make my bed the same way every. You know, I have like this yeah. whole routine of stuff. People are the same way with food, and and uh, they'll order the same thing over every single day. <laughs> Every single day, I and mean, we have regular customers that come in literally five times a week uh-huh. and order, order the same thing. And I have to really work with my my team to say, "Oh, well, give them and just give them anything to try something different." And mm-hmm. and people usually like a change, but just don't want to use the mental power to think through it. <laughs> yeah, so. People walk in the door. There might be a long line. There usually, right. there usually, always is a long line, and by the time they're there, it's sitting ready for them to go. Because yeah, oh, I don't. You already I don't wait on people that much. But, <laughs> but my uh, the team does. Oh, that's so funny. So you have a staff of how many people usually in your? Um, I have fifteen store. employees right now. Yeah, and I'm I'm keeping it at that. Uh, with growth, I'd like to keep it within 15 with each location. So um, yeah. I can probably know with business, things change dramatically when you hit 30 employees. So uh, where where we live, there's some beauty to it because it's tri- we have Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and what other state? Well, uh, Virginia, at least three. And so, you know, if you have a location in each of those jurisdictions, you uh, you can keep it small longer. There's a yeah. lot of beauty, I think, to small business. Right. Yeah. Um, well, we sort of skipped over, and you were sharing with me that when you were in your transition period, you 
were started out sort of um, with a huge debt over you. And I'm, I'm wondering, and you were raising three teenagers to getting ready for college yeah, and you, so forth. And I was yeah. wondering how you were able to handle that pressure and, and what you wanted to share about that. Uh, I had to let go of a lot of things. Now, when my kids were younger, I spent a lot of time with them, with their music and their sports. And Mm -hmm. father worked with them a lot on their schoolwork. Um, They they were all, um, my kids, um, pretty accomplished violinists. And Ah. my oldest, yeah, so they, they learned how to learn, and we did it together for many, many years, you know, the Suzuki practicing together and stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they were all, uh, my three kids were um, all really great athletes, and I knew they would be because my ex-husband and I were, and so I didn't I didn't worry about, you know, I didn't put much emphasis on sports. I figured they're going to, they will just have to advocate for themselves. Yeah. They're, my oldest was in eighth grade when the divorce happened, going into ninth and um, they struggled academically after that because I did not go in. I, I didn't help them do their work. It was mm-hmm. they did it themselves. Mm-hmm. And and there was a certain confidence factor. Their sports teams, um, it, it, particularly my daughter, a lot of the parents. We live in a very Type A community here, where the parents literally. Uh, her senior year of high school, were sitting on the sidelines with spreadsheets for what's you know, scout schools, the, the girls. Oh, my goodness, you know, the pressure, yeah, the pressure. A, a lot, a lot of pressure. And I just decided uh, I would, I, I, it was a very conscious decision when I when I went through the divorce was they, I, I had so much faith in uh, their ability to be themselves and mm-hmm. the trust between us. I, I was very transparent and as transparent as I could be with facts for the divorce uh, without throwing my opinions in. Um, they, they would say I was different, but I really did mm-hmm. make a conscious effort to, to, for them to deal with some really tough stuff early in their life. Because yeah. I've seen so many people older that end up overprotected and dealing with, a, dealing with tragic things in their 30s, 40s, and 50s and not really knowing how to do it. Right. Um, so I figure a little failure now will <laughs> will do them well later in life, and yeah. they're all they're all really doing beautifully. Yeah. Um, well, you know the transitions that our children go through. When we go through those transitions, are sometimes they're not. Uh, we don't. We're in such traumatic. pain. We don't always yeah. support yeah. our kids, and. Of course, as you're very wise to understand, that will eventually play out in later life. So we are going to take a break now, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about this fabulous book that you have written, Who Scooped My Bagel? Sure. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. 
In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on Toginet.com. ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Our guest today is Mary Adler Beal. Mary Beal Adler. How did I do that? It's impossible. You got it. Mary Beal Adler. And Mary has shared her like with us so far about uh, her transition through her marriage and a struggling business in Washington, D.C., where she recapped it, actually. She brought it back to life and continued on with her life. And it's, it's all in her great book, Who Scooped My Bagel? And Mary, tell me why you wanted to write this book. It's a delightful read. It's really, even the sad and painful parts, they seem to be going someplace. And so I really recommend it. But why did you feel like you needed to write this book? I love to write. Mm. And I, I was writing. And I had, this, had volumes of written pages. And, and much of it was memoir. A lot of it was about my story, and um, yeah, I'm in the bagel business, and uh, I love I love the bagel part of it too. So when it came down to actually putting the book together, um, I had a, a a friend I really uh, admire take a look, and she was just so taken with my personal story that. Mm-hmm. And I was hesitant to put it out there, mm-hmm. but I thought that's that's my edge. That's mm-hmm. that's the challenging thing for me to do in um, non-judgmental. If, it, if I thought at the time, if it, 
made a difference in one woman's life, then it's worth putting my story out there to make a difference. And mm-hmm. for, for someone else not to feel alone ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, it was, the story is pretty heavy. So I intermixed it with the bagel stuff. Baking and what I do for a living. It's kind of interesting because I never separate through my life. I, uh, unlike a lot of the men that I was around, uh, because there are, I know no other women in bagel business, bagel <laughs> business whatsoever. So I've been around right. a lot. And, and, um, and businessmen, my, my husband now, Jonathan's an entrepreneur and a big business guy, but, uh, they seem to be able to separate home, family, business, and all of that. I, I always looked at everything as one and the same. It's my life. Mm-hmm. So putting the book together this way with my life and the work, and I and the kids are in there um, a little bit. I just sort of mentioned the transition from you know one life to the next, mm-hmm. and. Um, and it just made sense for me. And it was a more challenging thing for, for me to do. And interest, interestingly enough, I've heard from a lot of men. Um, mm. Yeah, which I, mm-hmm. I really did not expect. Um, I, I do talk about abortion and um, illegitimate children, things like that. And uh, an old, old, uh, well, I'll just tell you one story. friend from that I grew up with whose folks were abusive, this is up in Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, lived, was kicked out of his home, large family, uh, lived under the football stadium of our high school. Nobody ever knew this. The bacteria uh, would feed him. Um, after he read my book, he, he got in touch with me, and he said, and he and his high school sweetheart got, got pregnant, aborted the child, married later, and have Three, you know, one of their sons is a Marine, three mm-hmm. really uh, amazing children. But the, the tragic thing for, for them was they, they never talked about, um, you know, the child that they aborted. And, and he said for them to have, uh, uh, this just opened that conversation for them. Mm-hmm. It was such a tearjerker yeah. because it, it shifted their marriage into something even more beautiful than it already was because of the unspoken pain and word, you know, words mm-hmm. and things. So totally unexpected, that kind of response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there were many of those. So right. It, it, it was well worth uh, the effort. I, I edited out about 10,000 words, which is the same size as that. You know, it's a book. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to keep it clear and clean and not loading it with, you know, just making it clear. Right. Um, it's a, a beautiful transition in, um, and there's so many people that I know sometimes, um, don't want to tell their story. And as you said, it's a positive way of helping other people make their transitions to open up wounds and to help them move forward. I'm, um, yeah. Yeah, it, there is so much there. Not only the benefit in healing you and being able to write the story and get it out of you and on paper, I think that's a wonderful 
way of moving through transition as well. Absolutely. Just uh, I, and I stress this with uh, my team, my employees, and everybody carries around little books. Things are so much. Just writing thoughts down makes mm-hmm. them so much more real mm-hmm. and and powerful, and and really gives substance to look at. Like, well, do do I really think that, or do you know? It gives it, it gives. Um, Give some substance to what's floating around in our in our heads. Mm-hmm. At least for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's challenging. Now, if people wanted to get a copy of your book, where would they go? To your website or to Amazon? Yeah. Or honestly, where? I think our website's down right now. We just got hit with this snowstorm, and everything is down. But Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere. Who scooped my bagel? And Mary Beale Adler. Mm. Or you can just send me a note and I'll mail you one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now tell us your website so they can go to your website because I don't. I want them to. Yeah, the bagel website is short. It's, it's a little. It went down a week ago, and honestly, I didn't even look to see if it's up uh, because I have people doing those things. Uh, Georgetown Bagelry, B A G E L R Y. I would never name it that again these days. It's, Short and sweet. But anyway, GeorgetownBagelry.com or MaryBealAdler.com. Okay. Other things that people would find on your website that they think they might find uh, fascinating was uh, your um, blogs. And as I looked over your blogs, you are pretty – people love to hear you speak. You're – an entrepreneur, but you're also very generous. You love to give back to your community. You're constantly yeah. supporting. So what is your philosophy on giving back, or why is that so important well, to you? I, I feel very strongly about um, supporting other women. Uh, often I didn't always feel that support. I want to make sure I'm not that way. Um, I uh, Just community in general the children, all of the schools, children are 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 just critical. So the little kids that come into the bagel shop are they're just treated like gold. So mm-hmm. for community, any fundraisers or things like that, we give really generously to the schools, the, mm-hmm. the local schools, elementary, middle, and high schools. In fact, at the the local high school, well, there's several of them, but the one that's nearest the bagel shop, every year at their graduation, we thought it was just at our kids' graduation, but they, every year the um, valedictorian mentions Georgetown Bagel Ravens, but I don't know how many thousand people there. And my husband oh, can't believe it. Couldn't ask for better it's advertisement. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the best advertising in the world, and, but we, we love the kids. We try to support the, the um, faculty and, and teachers as much as we possibly can, and they know it. Also, uh-huh. military um, and people that serve the country, 50% off always, and that's huge. We have a lot of military uh, around Washington, D.C., and you know, even doctors. There was a doctor from NIH that came in, and he had this one day, he's a regular customer, but one day he happened to have his military, his Navy um, uniform on, and I said, mm. wow, did, did you tell... <laughs> Did you? Did they give you fifty percent off? No, no. You know, the doctor. I said no. Oh, yeah. We appreciate 
your service. And it was just, you know, those moments and then the best uh-huh. that come in. So those people we support. And I think I told you about this earlier, but, I, oh, a, a women's bicycling team yes. that we support here. And it started, it's called Artemis Racing. And it started uh, with young girls. So I support that and sponsor it every year. And this year I'm cycling cross-country raising uh, money for Tanzania um, Global Bikes. Oh, it's for women. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, women that don't have medical uh, care can't get to the care facility. I wouldn't even call it a hospital when they're giving birth. Um, mm-hmm. They they die or their children die um, just giving birth, and they've connected me with um, a couple of women that bake bread there, and. Uh, um, so I, I, as I cycle cross country with uh, four fresh, great bagels <laughs> and bikes, uh, mm-hmm. we'll be raising money for women in Tanzania to help them change their lives. This wow. one woman that yeah, this one woman that got a bike and she she gets up at four in the morning and bakes bread cakes. It's a different kind yeah. of bagel, but they're round and puts them in these two buckets and puts them on the back of her bike, takes them into the rice fields and sells them, uh, that bike changed her life. She put yeah. two daughters through school. Right. Women don't get, you know, education. And so the, the, the concept is change a woman's life and it changes the community's life. It's um, so true. So in trying yeah. to take it, it was a personal goal to just ride my bike across the country and give my son a chance to run the business without me there. <laughs> and, and I, I just needed, I, I really, uh, sort of researched and talked to a lot of friends and needed something that moves me enough to keep pedaling that far and that long. And this is it. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be bicycling from West coast to East coast, Los Angeles to Boston. And we start on Mother's day. Awesome. Over Mother's (laughs) day. Oh, uh, that, that is major Mary. (laughs) to me. So when we come back, Mary and I will be talking a little bit more about coaching, how you turn your life around, you focus on your dreams, and you do what you love to do. So when we come back, Mary and I will chat about transitions through coaching. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. LinkedIn, it's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on allbusinessradionetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. 
For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We have had a wonderful time talking with our guest today, Mary Beale Adele Adler. I keep messing it up. I'm sorry. Please apologize to your husband. I'll take Adele. Adele's good. Anyway, Mary and I have journeyed together for the last four or five months through um, exposure, a trip, a conference that we all participated in. And but one of the things that I've enjoyed about this talk today is finding the similarities we have as far as our interest in true love of helping women evolve into the best they can be. And we do that in our own right through our coaching. So I asked Mary, since she's a creative coach and a creativity coach, I am a transition coach, a little different in focus, but we basically use and want use the same skills and believe in the same base. So one of the important things, what do you think, Mary, is one of the most important things that one needs to know when they're thinking of recreating their lives? Well, number one, um, decide, decide what you want to do with your life and decide to do what you love. Mm. Yeah. So, Sounds easy. It's sometimes, sometimes people go, hmm, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they, they sit there, but I, I have many times called the doing what you love, identifying what you love, is those, those things that you can do every day or involve yourself in that you actually lose track of time because they're so pleasurable. You know, I love giving and helping people and women, and and I could just do that. That's just part of who I am. So I think for me, focusing in coaching was pretty easy. 
But it took yeah. me a while to decide that's where I wanted to be. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, coaching for me, too, when I sat down with myself going through all, all of the uh, business and divorce, transitions, really getting still with Mary and listening to my heart, you know, my gut, that to me that's like God talking to me and what what really gives me a full body yes. And mm-hmm. for me that, that that is coaching. And I without a formal formalizing it with the certifications and all of that, it's pretty much what I do every day anyway. With mm-hmm. our home employees, um, but doing it in in the way that really resonates with with me, and and that's creativity, and it's a broad spectrum of of stuff. That's me. So mm-hmm. so, but it took some some um, being very still and. Um, doing things that I'm uh, right brain, left brain kind of things, things that I'm uh, not uh, always comfortable doing, sort of Mm -hmm. um, walking down the street the opposite way that I normally do, just to, like, shift my brain Mm -hmm. um, into Mm -hmm. a different mode of where's, where's, my passion, where's my, what really gives me, like I said, that full body, yes. And right. for me, that was creativity coaching and right. long-term project because I had all of these other things uh, going too. Same thing with, for me, cycling. I, you know, just love to be out with the wind in my face and, mm. and uh, the repetitive motion of my feet going around and having time to think and meditate pray um so deciding you know deciding that and then um doing it in whatever way is whatever way you can just start and keep doing it sooner or later you just get really good at it Mm -hmm. Uh, practice yeah. One of the things that um, I knew also that when I was finding what I love to do, that I enjoyed speaking. But mm. speaking is a skill that you develop. And sometimes you can get on stage and the, and the speech doesn't come out as you had hoped. But it's the skill that you're building to put you into um, to improve your skills so that you are doing what you really love and doing it well. Do you know what I mean? Have I expressed that well enough? We, although we love something, we expect to come out perfectly when we first try it. And I don't think that's always the case. Yeah. Half the beauties are are the flub ups and the mistakes and, 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 um, thinking on your feet, acting on your feet, same thing, same thing in business. You know, the oven breaks down, what do you do? You get creative mm-hmm. real fast and um, what, shut the door? No, you get some other kind of bread and start making sound. You know, just being able to think on your feet and, and knowing that mistakes are, are just a blessing in disguise and, and to just once keep doing it 
They're really good at it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Really good. Well, you and know, imagining, I... imagining a re- another really good thing is imagining yourself being successful doing what you love to do. Imagining what that looks like, being that, imagining that, drawing it, but seeing that very clearly in your mind's eye. It's much more likely to happen, even with any bumps or turns or curves in the road, just imagining yourself being successful doing what you love to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Phew. Yeah. So when you were going through your uh, transition, once you had identified what you wanted, would you imagine you at the end of a of at the end or the sweet spot or the success spot where you had actually achieved? I did. I did. And what I learned over what I learned was uh, don't dream too small. Dreams, <laughs> don't dream too yeah. small. My dreams, you know, and I would have I had five, ten, fifteen year plans. And 15 years would happen in three. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. And, and I think core values are, are very important. Being Really knowing that about, for me, I had to really know that about myself. My core values, and that's part of my business core values, are just life and having a life purpose statement, knowing in a pinch, this is who I am. I am living an inspired life. I won't go through my whole um um, life purpose statement, but that's the beginning of my life purpose statement. I am living an inspired life, and then breathe, inspire, mm-hmm. inspiration. The core values: um, we're kind to ourselves and others, um, being creative, having fun, seeking self improvement, and bringing passion. And and when I remember the, when I know those things, and uh, do affirmations. Uh, affirming those core values in multiple, you know, different ways. Um, well, it, well, Mary, it just, yeah. Can you explain <laughs> what you're calling your core values to our listeners? Yeah. If that's a new term for them. Oh, uh, some people call it more like a mission statement for you, like your mission in life or mission in your business, and they'll plaster these things up on their walls and, and all of that. But we have really um, core values. Values are like, well, it's what you value in life. Right. Yeah. So, so you know, narrowing that down to, you know, four or five, the fewer the better. Yeah. It's not something you advertise or it's just who who you are as a human being, who I am as Mary Beale Adler, and then living it. When I get off track, it hit a button that, that comes back to me. Mm-hmm. Well, what an example of a core value for me, because um, are these values of trustworthy, um, um, visionary, uh, family, God, are those some of the values that you're referring to as well? As yeah, being your that, values, that would be. It's, it's very unique to, to everybody. Yeah, everybody. But mm-hmm. for our business, the the ones that I sort of put out there are our core values, and mm-hmm. we hire by them. 
um, we we are that much right. much more, but that that's the core of of what we're growing as as um, a business, a community, right. as, as human beings. And hopefully, it makes a, a positive. Well, it will make a great change in the world. Well, I find businesses that have stated what their beliefs are, which is what core values are, um, where it, so that everybody that it works at that company understands that's what the company believes in. They have a goal to work toward. But I'm also a big advocate of having individual values, core values that we all live by. And they are unique to every individual. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's, to me, one of the base things that people need to identify in just getting to know who they are. What do I believe yeah, absolutely. in? Absolutely. And, and finding that, that uh, body of passion or, you know, yeah. what you want to do. Well, and also, we have, you know what else is really important, Joyce, is making a plan. Yeah. Making plan. a plan and taking the first obvious steps. Yeah. And, you know, just writing it down. Well, Mary, i got to stop us here because we've come to the end of the hour, and I want people to know that you have been an absolute delight. I've enjoyed having you on the radio show, and that we we just have shared so many great ideas about them, about you and your book and your business and growing yourself. And when they're in the Georgetown area or where are you now? You're in the Washington DC area to go and look for your bagels at the Georgetown. So thank thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. All because we took a step toward Georgia to uh, Harvard. So anyway, thank you for being here and we will be with you next week. Next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 